but it can buy me a boat. There's a place where the boat is from. Listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. As usual, I'm going to ask you to find us on Instagram as well as YouTube and Facebook. All you have to do is search Always Be Booked on any of those platforms and you will find us. The most action is on Instagram. Email me your questions, comments, concerns, corrections, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We appreciate those uh, and they really kind of give me an, uh, the ability to gauge what you guys are thinking and it actually adds a segment to the show as we are trying to answer listener questions and emails and stuff like that. Please keep listening to the show on iTunes or Stitcher. Subscribe if you have not yet done so and if it's not too much trouble, please feel free to rate review and maybe even share with a friend and i will stop giving you guys homework how about that so this is a as i said before a ship profile episode and we'll be deep diving into the carnival magic to remind you guys uh the new goal is to do one regular show a week and one port or ship profile as well i'm going to attempt to get a youtube video up uh, to try to accompany this like i did with the nassau episode uh the problem is, I don't know, there's a couple of obstacles and, you know, we do a lot of letting you guys behind the curtain on this show and this is a little bit of taste of that as well. What The dilemma I'm having is that you guys like seem to like the stories, the wackiness when I go off on a little bit of a tangent here and there and I get that. And But what I want to do is do a poor, poor profile and when I go on these tangents, I can't necessarily keep up with the video. I don't have all this kind of video footage accompaniment and I just quite frankly don't have the... The ability, I don't know, I'm not just a talented enough video editor at this point to be able to just start throwing in all this. So the longer the port profiles are, the harder it is to do the video accompaniment with. So that's the dilemma. Okay, then I just do I just stick to the nuts and bolts? A lot of times you guys tell me you guys want the stories and stuff like that. So I was also thinking maybe I'll just kind of stick to the nuts and bolts with the port profile and then maybe do a little stuff around that. Uh, but just for purposes of being able to edit a video and put a video up with it, uh, maybe just stick to the facts when it comes to the uh, you know the ship or the port profiles. Who knows? I don't know. Like I said, I don't really you know. You guys are along for a ride, and we've been doing this for six months. And in a sh- in a short period of time, I'm really, really proud of where it's gone and the listeners and the loyalty that you guys have shown by listening to the show. But in no way, shape, or form am I here to tell you that we're not still a work in progress. We're not still in the infancy stages. I get a lot of emails, and we're going to get into that talking about, I guess, you know, the direction of the show. And, and you know, it's always going to be a mix between listening to you guys and hearing your suggestions on what the show should be versus what I really, really kind of being true to myself think what the show should be about. So, uh, like I said, this is not, this is a port profile episode and 
we don't typically, you know, what I'm, it's not meant to, you know, say emails or reviews or anything like that. But for the purposes of this show, I wanted to read one email that I did get for two reasons. One, it speaks to the port slash ship profile episode specifically, not the actual carnival dream. It just speaks to the, I guess, what I was just alluding to before regarding, you know, whether or not there's a lot of spice within the uh, port or ship profile episodes. And two, it's also the type of email that gives feedback on the direction of the show. And it kind of gives me a chance to react and explain to what I'm trying to do. So here we go. This is Juan. What's up, Juan? How are you? And uh, I'm just going to read the email first. All right, Tommy, you asked for it. Here are three critiques. First, port profile shows need more Tommy story time and less fact facts and list of activities. For every 10 minutes of listing excursions you haven't done or beaches you haven't been to, give us 15 minutes of anecdotes of you and your friends enjoying the port. An example is your description of walking across Old San Juan and slobbing out on a food truck sandwich or hiring a late afternoon taxi to tour St. Thomas with the beautiful K. Second, the west side is the best side. Get on a plane, take a flight to Long Beach, and take a Mexican Riviera cruise. Then tell all your perspectives. Uh, then tell your perspective on the difference between East and West Coast cruises. P.S. Your good buddy Splendor is doing seven day runs there in spring. Third, use your amazing people skills to get a group to get a cruise ship employee to come on the show and expose some crazy behind the scenes stories. Keep it up, man. Juan. Juan, this is perfect because I want to appreciate I want to say thank you for this email. I appreciate it so much because it does it all. It gives me feedback on the show, tells me what, you know, Juan thinks, and you know, I'm gonna agree and disagree with Juan. Uh, but I will, like I said, I will be taking all this stuff in. And it does that little when he says uh For every 10 minutes of listing excursions you haven't done or beaches you haven't been to, give us 15 minutes of anecdotes. See that right there? That's that's funny shit. That's what I want. That's a little ball break, and the guy's basically coming from the point of saying, you've never been to these places. You've never been there. You haven't walked on this beach. You know, why are you telling us this? Stick to, you know, whatever. It makes sense, and I get it. And here's the deal with that. This is the part I'm going to disagree on, and you guys tell me what you guys think. We all do research, and we're all out there. I mean, I've been to pretty much every relevant Caribbean island that there is, but I cannot tell you that I've actually done every excursion. You're never going to do it all. You know what I'm saying? And what we're doing, the purpose of this podcast is kind of give you my perspective on cruising, good, bad, and different, the funny stories, the not-so-funny stories, the high points, the low points, and some of that is going to be stuff that I've experienced firsthand. And for purposes of research for you guys, you guys listen to this show. So I'm imagining that you'll kind of trust my research. It's the same research that you're going to be doing. You know what I mean? You're going to go in and you're going to look up YouTube videos on Nassau. You're going to look up a specific excursion in Jamaica. I'm going to do that too. And I'm going to basically use for a term I'm making up, which is my cruise IQ or my excursion IQ, port IQ, uh, to give you what I see, my experience business. So in essence, this could be a one-stop shop. In addition to that, it really only is one area of your research I'm imagining. So if you're going to NASA, like – I would if you're going to Nassau, you may be looking up YouTube videos and they may be on the way to work. You're listening to the port uh, port profile and you throw it in and you hear me talk about the Pirate Museum. You hear me talking about uh, uh, Junkanoe Beach and you hear me talking about the fish fry and through the 
you know, me getting excited about it because I'm researching this stuff and looking it up and telling you what I think it looks like, you'll do your own research. Yeah, you're right. I have not been to the, you know, to the Nassau fish fry, but we've all been on these cruises before. We all know what looks like it's fun. It looks like it's not fun. And I'm telling you options. That's what I'm doing. So in that regard, I would say, you know, I don't think, I still think it's a worthwhile exercise to give you guys my opinions on the ports and the excursions, whether I've actually done them personally or not. Same thing with the ships. I know cruise ships in and out. I know where this is going to be. I go down this one hallway. I know what's about to, you know, a lot of times you guys know too. It's not, I'm a genius. It's like you guys know when you're walking down the hallway and, you know, you see the main atrium on a carnival ship, you know probably what's behind it is going to be the casino. Uh, what's going to be upstairs from there? It's going to be, and then you're probably going to hit the, the theater because it's forward. So I'm just saying, like, I have a, 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 a good feel for these ships and I could take what I see on YouTube and I could take what I see on these sites and in these descriptions and apply it to what I think would really really make sense and something that you might that you you I think you might enjoy you guys tell me the one area you're probably right about one is and here's where the dilemma is to spice it up a little bit I should spice it up a little bit and give a little bit more of my you know personal take on it or my experience on maybe not that ship or that port but a similar ship or a similar port and you guys like to hear that stuff and i get it the only dilemma is like i said trying to attach youtube video to it so we will see like i said before it still is a work in progress and we will try to figure it out but again uh, we're going to agree on stuff. We're going to disagree on stuff. But in, under no circumstances would I want to discourage you from sending emails like that. Juan, you sent almost pretty much what I think is probably the perfect email. I want you guys. He broke. You see what he see how he broke my balls a little bit. Hey Tommy, we, yeah, you've never been there. All right, just stick to the funny stories. That makes me laugh, but also at the same time provokes my thought. You know what? I probably should. Add a little bit more into it. You know, I'm going off the off the top a little bit. I'm, I have an outline and I put it together, and I can't. You know, unfortunately, we all have jobs and stuff like that, so I can't necessarily spend six hours of show prep. So I do the best I can to kind of get as much information as I can, and I and I bring it to you. But here, like I said, and you you guys just tell me, and, and you tell me what you think. This is a ship profile. I've never done a ship profile and you guys tell me if you think this information is useful. You know the feedback is going to be uh, the proof is going to be in the in the pudding with the feedback so you guys let me know. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. The Carnival Magic is a dream class ship. It was all a dream. I used to read what no, nobody wants that. Okay, so as most of you know, Carnival Corporation, which is the parent company of Carnival Cruise Lines, also owns Costa Cruise Lines. Uh, Costa Costa, I don't you know, you know me with the pronunciations, a little wacky sometimes. The Carnival Dream, uh, the class of ships, it, it consists of three ships, which are the Magic, the Dream, and the Breeze, as it pertains to Carnival, you know, Carnival Cruise Line. However, as it pertains to Carnival Corporation, there are actually four Dream class ships. See, when they build these ships, I guess, you know, Carnival Corporation, sometimes they have an exact idea of who they're building the ship for, but sometimes they just build out these ships, and you know what? We'll kind of commission them as we see fit. There is actually another, a fourth, a mystery, a hidden stepchild uh, a sibling of these ships, and it is called the Costa, Costa uh, Diadema. The Costa Diadema, I think that's, I think I'm saying it right. Uh, like I said, I guess they just kind of build them, and then you know what? These are going to be carnival ships, and maybe they planned on having four carnival dream class ships, and then you're like, you know what? Let's throw a bone to uh, Costa and give this one, you know. So there's four, there were four ships built 
with pretty much a very, if not the same, a very similar kind of structure, layout, you know, the way you would navigate those ships. It's the same thing with the Splendor. Just like the Splendor was originally built for Costa, and it was part of the Concordia class, and we all know the fate of the uh, uh, Costa Concordia, but they did the opposite of that. They commissioned it for a carnival, and then that's why you'll see the Splendor is the only ship of its class in the Carnival Cruise Line fleet. All right, so... Let's talk a little bit about the Dream Class ships and in particular, uh, pick, particular the Carnival Magic. This, these are state-of-the-art ships, and they are, like some people would describe them, would describe them as newer, newish type ships. And I think in a lot of ways, to me, it's the forgotten class because it's not a mega ship. It's not the Vista. It's not the Horizon. It's not, you know comparable to the breakaway class on Norwegian uh, or the Oasis class or the quantum class on uh, you know Royal Caribbean however these are I guess towards the end a, a carnival like we talk about a lot is not necessarily so active in new builds or they haven't been over you know previous to the Vista it hasn't been it's, it's been few and far between the new ships compared to their early days their heydays and like maybe the mid 2000s when they were kind of banging out these ships left and right it's been a little they've slowed down and you know whether it's calculated or whatever it is and you know the whole 2.0 thing that we talked about um but either way getting back to the, this class of ships this is the cream of the crop take away the vista class and this is the best carnival has to offer and uh you know it's it's it, the dream came out in 2009 and that was the flagship for the class uh the breeze came out in 2012 and the magic was right in the middle with its maiden maiden voyage happening in may of 2011 uh the dream class ships are very similar across the board there's some subtle differences of course however the lifeboat situation is way different the dream which is like i said the original of the class has 30 lifeboats the magic only has 18 so you know what that means uh Half the ship is screwed. <laughs> no, that's absolutely not the case at all. Uh, clearly, uh, they can carry more people uh, on the smaller, the larger lifeboats. So they just basically made the lifeboats fewer, but expanded them so that they have the capacity to hold more people. Um, the eighteen lifeboats are significantly larger. They don't play with safety at sea. You guys know that. I mean, if you've sat in on any captain's talk, cruise director talk, it's it's crazy. It's not something that needs to be worried about. Uh, think about the fact that every ship has lifeboats for everybody. Think about the fact that these drills, these muster drills that you go on, you know, every single cruise. And think about the fact that every port day, the first time you pull into port, first couple of days, you always see those drills happening. They're sounding the alarms. There's uh, crews running around. They start fake, not fake fires, but they they unleash fake smoke so that you can kind of get the feel for what it's like to have to run through, you know, a, a smoky room on a ship. Um, you know, they have the lifeboats. I'm, I'm sorry, the life preservers. And think about this. They do all that work and all that preparation for something that literally never happens, right? When does it happen? We all know about the Titanic. Uh, when was that? 1911, 1918, what, you know, whatever it was. And we all know about the Costa Concordia, which did sink. And unfortunately, I think it was in a couple of dozen people did lose their lives, which is awful. But that's over, you're talking about, and then till now, that's pretty much a hundred year span. And nobody, there's, there's, those are the only real safety. I, I shouldn't say that. 
there's accidents at sea. There's problems. People die at sea all the time. We talked about that last week. It's like 200 people die at sea. But for a situation where there actually has to be an abandoned ship, when does that ever happen? Maybe somebody can answer me on that. I know there's a couple of people out there who are very, very informed. Uh, <clears throat> Carlos, <laughs> what's up, buddy? How you doing? Shout out to Carlos. Carlos is always sending me cool information, cool stuff that I can you know, use on the air, and I appreciate that. I don't want anybody out there who really knows these ships and knows some history. Maybe I'll go look it up too. But when has an abandoned ship have to be uh, you know, deployed? I know they tried to. Uh, they did on, on the Titanic, and they tried to for the most part on Costa. Uh, but when has that ever else happened, ever? I know, like I said, the Triumph with lost power. The Splendor had that engine room fire. Uh, there's been plenty of issues at sea, and I'm not saying there aren't. But worst-case scenario, you just get a, you know. You can't use the toilets in you. Nothing uh, life-threatening or let's just stick with the, 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 the phrase having to abandon ship. When has that ever happened? But still yet, they will practice these drills at nauseum all the time. And that just tells you, you are safe when you're on these cruise ships pretty much. I mean, I mean, I say that, watch your ship go on to tomorrow. But I'm saying, like, the, the ships are, are they, they, safety is first. It is not just a cliche. They take it to heart. And they realize that this is a business, and if people do not feel safe, their business is screwed. All right, let's get back to the dream. It's got 130,000 gross tons. It is 1,004 feet long for you people that are, uh, well, for how about maybe everybody in the world besides America? That's 306 meters. Uh, It can hold 3,675 passengers and a whopping 1,380 crew members. See, that's we'll place it just under mega ship. And I guess your definition of mega ship could be anything, but I mean, pretty much. It's a little bit. It's a. It's a little bit under mega ship from for most people's standards of what a mega ship is. Uh, it travels at a cruising speed of twenty two point five knots. What's a knot? Well, a knot is twenty five point nine miles per hour. But if it has to open up and maybe who knows, outrun a couple of pirates at sea, it can reach a max speed of twenty five knots, which is twenty nine miles per hour. She is flagged out of Panama. We'll file that one under the who the hell cares uh, category. Um, she was built in Italy. And guess how much it cost to build the magic? What do you guys think? I'll give you a minute. Done guessing? Well, you were wrong. $740 million to build. And that's kind of like comparable to a stadium, like a baseball or football stadium. I mean, there's one, there's some that are over a billion that are really, really nice and over the top. But you know, I guess probably that'll be the new norm. They'll build them all out for a billion. But you know, five years ago, eight years ago, whatever, it was all pretty much you know in the late hundred millions for the ballparks, and that's seven hundred and forty million to build the uh, Carnival Magic as well. There are fourteen decks, even though the numbers go up to deck fifteen. We all know why. There is no deck thirteen on elevators. No, uh, not on buildings, not on cruise ships. Can you imagine that our mainstream culture is that superstitious still? Are you guys superstitious? What would you guys do if you final cruise fare, all packaged in, your travel agent or your uh, vacation planner told you, okay, the, your balance will be uh, the final total for the cruise is $666 even. Or 
$911 even. I'd probably switch it up. I'd add something. I'd add a drink package. I'd add something. I, I would be superstitious about that. But it's just funny that corporate America still observes that 13 is unlucky and you're in an elevator and they won't, you know, there won't be a 13th floor. And that's in most areas in New York, most buildings in New York City and uh, most cruise ships. You guys experience that in your respective municipalities? Is that kind of an everywhere thing? Let me know. All right, moving on. The magic was dry docked in early spring of 2016, and it got a bunch of the 2.0 features, and they added the Blue Iguana Cantina, the Blue Iguana uh, Tequila Bar, the Red Frog Rum Bar, the Guy's Pig and Anchor uh, Barbecue, the Guy's Burger Joint. They relocated the pizza joint and the deli to uh, really casual items on land that Carnival happens to do an amazing job with at sea. the Alchemy Bar. Uh, Magic is currently based in my neck of the wood, Port Canaveral, but it will soon, well, not soon, be a year, year and a couple of months, will be making the trip down I-95 to Miami. Uh, mostly uh, Caribbean runs with the occasional southern routes. Uh, sh- let's just start with the ship itself. The overall theme and decor. It looks like Carnival calmed things down a little bit and got away from the shiny, flashy, multicolored motif. Some might describe it as, I don't know, going to Vegas if it existed on Jupiter and you just happen to go there on LSD. I don't know. I'm not opposed to how they look. I'm not an interior design expert, but the style never really bothered me at all. Even people make fun of the Splendor, say it looks like a spaceship and everything's like the purple, what is it, what are they called? The purple elephant, the purple purple beast or whatever. Yeah, you know what? You say, you walk around, oh, there's a lot of purple. I don't give a crap. It doesn't bother me at all. But for those of you who are turned off by the in-your-face style of decor that Carnival seems to uh, ha- had in the past seems to put out there, you'll be happy to know that the colors are a lot more neutral on this class of ships. Let's start at the very, very top. Probably one of the first things you would notice and one of the most impressive things that you'll see is the water park. Uh like I said, you're far away, and that's kind of like you can't – these very, very tall and extended slides by uh, by comparison to most cruise ships, certainly the ones that are built around the same time. Uh, a lot of the new ones out there are out of control, but these hold up. You're talking about the stuff that's built on the Norwegian Escape or you know, the Vista or you know, a lot of the you – know, some, some of that – those are out of control water slides, but for the time and still for today, these it's a very impressive uh, water park. They they call it Waterworks. The slides are one is the Twister. It's kind of like yellow and red. It's a longer, fully enclosed. Uh, it's not terribly fast, but it does whip you around and gradually twists and turns you uh, down for about five minutes. Uh, I'm sorry, five minutes. Did I just say five minutes? I'm sorry about that. 25 seconds. So the whole ride's about 25 seconds. It's a pretty generic slide, but the thing about these slides is like it's this. So you're climbing up these ladders, and I would just go up there just to see the view, get a couple of pictures, because it's almost like you feel like you're on the North Star on uh, Royal Caribbean, but that's the twister. A basic kind of twisty, sort of fast, but you know, long extended slide uh they also have a slide called the drain pipe which you enter right next to the twister and this thing is orange you slide right down next to the twister like i said and it's about a 25 second slide as well and you're kind of fully enclosed and all of a sudden you'll pop out at the bottom and you'll it'll be like you're kind of going down a drain you know you guys know what i'm talking about like it's like uh you're circling the drain and then you get off and then you climb down a ladder uh, there is a waterworks splash zone. It's got a bunch of stationary playground type rides where kids can splash around and uh, 
They also have these that power gusher. Have you ever seen that? That thing looks cool. If I was a kid, I'd be all over that. You uh, hang it out in the splash zone. You're running around the park, stuff like that, jumping up and down. And then uh, there's a giant bucket that gradually fills with water. So it naturally overturns. And then out of nowhere, like, I don't know, 100, I don't know. I'm making up numbers, but like a, a huge amount. I don't know how many gallons, but a huge amount of water just splashes down on. It doesn't splash directly down onto your children, but there's a lot of uh, obstructions, but it does splash down hard, just creates a whole bunch of water that's just all of a sudden raining from the sky. Um, you know, it, it looks it looks really, really cool. Uh, they also have these little water assault cannons stationed next to the tubes along the slide route so if your kids want they can turn themselves into mini snipers and they can blast water on the unsuspecting people on the slide that's a lot of fun right when i was a kid man that's all i'd need you'd see me at that thing the entire time i would just be shooting strangers from the slide with water as they slide down i would probably appreciate it too if i'm on the slide too because my fat ass is probably going to get stalled out you know what i mean when it's these slides are not thrill rides per se they're tall, but you know, I don't know. The Norwegian and the 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 you know, a lot of the newer carnival ones, that Royal Caribbean one where it's like uh, you know that one that that beast that on Harmony of the Seas. They're very small and enclosed, but you know you're not getting stuck on them because you're flying through them. These are are enclosed too, but I don't know. I'd be a little afraid. I'd be less afraid of the thrill ride aspect of it, but I would be afraid of getting stuck and all of a sudden somebody else goes and, you know, that's like a night nightmare, your worst nightmare type of scenario. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, all right, so let's move on. So that's pretty much the uh, the Waterworks Park. Then we're going to move on to the Serenity Deck. It's a very popular feature from Carnival. I mean, it really, at the end of the day, is a broke-ass version of Royal Caribbean Solarium. But, again, you know, some people are going to focus on more things than others. Uh, it's, it's kind of a weird placement because the Serenity Deck is Carnival's signature retreat for the 21 and older crowd. Definitely a crowd that tends to be way older than 21, um, since while that it's it's very serene. You can make the case that it's too serene, almost kind of boring in a way sometimes, but there's not much energy going on up there. Some people like that. Some people like the show, and like I said, that skews a little bit more towards the older crowd. It's in the forward part of the ship. You know who loves the Serenity Deck? My buddy Stu that I had on a couple of shows ago regarding uh, riptism and uh, fitness at sea and stuff like that. He loves the Serenity Deck because he's just a man who's obsessed with tanning himself. He wanna, he'll tell you right now, he's a very metro guy, you know, he's in he he just is obsessed with you know fitness and stuff like that as you know and a lot of times you know he along with eating right and stuff like that he really really enjoys himself a good tan and that way in in other ways we're completely opposite i walked up uh saw him and i was looking around for him i figured all right he's probably in the serenity deck i went up there you know you gotta (laughs) climb all those stairs you get up there finally you see him there and he's like talking to a few people but he's on his side, and his arm is reached over back behind his head, holding on to, I guess, the top of that clamshell thing. And he's just in the most awkwardly weird position and having a full normal conversation with a group of people. And I, I can't help myself. I'm just like, Stu, what, what the hell are you doing? Why, why are you sitting like that? He's like, what do you think? I'm not going to side tan? So he's very, very into the tanning, and yes, the, the, he had to do this. I was like, oh, pardon me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot about the side tan. So he's tan- tanning his obliques. I'm sure he was probably doing leg lifts too at the time and getting in his workout too while he was doing it. Stu was out of control. I can tell you one time, I mean, when you're talking about fitness, we went on one of our cruises and 
one time he had us drunk on the treadmill. We were, you know, you go on these cruises and you like today drink. It's a good time. You have a couple of drinks while the sun is still out. It feels good. You know what I mean? That buzz hits you because it's, you know, just when you're in the sun, it seems like it kind of happens faster. So I don't know. We were out there drinking a bunch of vodka sodas or a couple of shots, whatever we were doing, talking to people, walking around. And uh, before dinner, dinner, we must have had like an eight o'clock dinner time or whatever. He was like, let's go back to the gym. And I was just drunk enough to be like, yeah, great idea. <laughs> So we're stumbling to the freaking treadmills and to the elliptical. I think it was still running back then. So go back to the gym. And like you know, we're still in our bathing suits. We just put on shoes and socks. We go to the gym and we're just literally busting out two-mile runs, three-mile runs as like a, a like a two-a-day. In the middle of the day, right before dinner, we're getting a run-in. And uh, those are the types of things that are only going to happen when you cruise with Stu. You're, uh, and then, you know what? We're like, this, I, I felt great after that. I'm like, this felt pretty good. Let's do it again tomorrow. So like on that particular cruise, we did it like three times. We did a couple of uh, drunken gym trips. But uh, it worked out, you know. I don't know what you guys think. I don't know how you guys feel about the gym at sea per se. For me, I don't necessarily do it because I'm trying to adhere to this strict program and I don't want to put on any weight because you know what or or, I, or I'm doing it because I feel like I just ate the buffet or I you know doubled up on the chocolate melting cake and I got to get back into the gym. That's not my motivation for going to the gym on a cruise. Going to the gym on the cruise, if I know I spend an hour doing cardio and sweating, lifting some weights, I know that's going to make me feel better. And when you're on vacation, you want to feel as good as possible. I do that uh, thermal spa package. I don't necessarily get the hot rocks and the rub downs and stuff like that. But I do do the package where they allow you to have access to the thermal room, a few different uh, steam rooms, as well as the thalassotherapy pool. I love that. So I do the steam room and all that stuff, and I definitely recommend. It's you know it's between it's weird because it's between like now it's like up to like it was a hundred dollars when I first did it. Then I went up to like a hundred and thirty, and then I looked in the escape which were going on in uh, September, and it looked like it was a hundred and eighty, hundred and ninety bucks. I'm still probably gonna do it, which sucks because again they're just beating you up over the head. But at the same time. It looked out of control. It looked amazing. So who knows? We'll see, I guess. It's weird, though. One thing I will say is the placement of the Serenity deck getting back to the ship. It's right next to the waterworks. So for me, it's like why would you put the Serenity deck where it's, you know, what's it called? It's called the Serenity deck. You want quiet. You want peace. You want this and that. But it's right next to the waterworks. Listen, I'm sure it may not be a problem, but it's just it's curious planning in my opinion um all right so we haven't mentioned deck numbers yet since if you know cruise ships you know that it ends up being a cluster frig when you get up above the lido deck it's all weird because you can't really count them as full floors because you know you don't know where they one starts and one ends most of the tech most of the time uh, when you get above the Lido deck, that one deck above the Lido deck, it's usually, on this case, it's 11. But whatever, the one that's right above the Lido deck, it usually overlooks the pool. It's mostly used for seating and otherwise just navigating around the ship. Uh, same thing on the Magic. It's called the Panorama deck. So, like I said, there's not much going on up there. But just above that, on deck 12, is the Spa deck. And this is the area of the ship, like we talked about, where you're going to get most of your physical activity in. This is where you're going to break a sweat, ladies and gentlemen. you got the Fitness Center. Uh, and the gym. Uh, I'm sorry, the fitness center and the spa. And like I said, I just went into what I feel about, you know, how, you know, gym at sea. I don't know if you're into it. I suggest try it. Maybe day two. If you wake up, you try to get up early, get a good run in, whether it's running, whether it's exercise bike, whether it's, uh, you know, spin, whether it's 
uh, elliptical weights. Do it for 45 minutes and then go to brunch or go to, you know, what it also does, it curbs your appetite too. We should have mentioned this on the Stu episode when he did the fitness at sea. I'll say when I do run on the treadmill an hour in the morning, it will change. I'm, I, it may take me from going and getting the steak and eggs in the sea day brunch, and it may send me to the Lido and just get a, a plate of fruit because you're less likely and less desiring to want to mess up what you just did. That's just my opinion. On, I don't know how you feel about that. But like I said, it's got the spa up there. It has the sports court. Uh, we're still on deck 12. This has the sports court for hoops, volleyball, soccer, dodgeball, whatever multi-use thing they're doing there. Have you guys ever done that? I'm an athlete too. I was an athlete. I, I like to play a little game of hoops. I like to play some you know dodgeball volleyball i like that stuff but for whatever reason i've never gravitated into that uh into the sports court on a cruise ship hey listen maybe next time uh waterworks we talked about that before there is a mini golf course of course it's really cool because on the last hole uh and you get the you get the ball on the last hole i think it's the last hole one of the last holes it actually goes down the ball goes into the hole and it goes down to a deck below you so you have to go down a deck and finish off the course for the last hole uh there's a bunch of games and outdoor activities for you to do it really really looks cool and carnival you hit or miss with carnival you know i give carnival a hard time sometimes but at the end of the day especially when i do some of these profiles and i look up seeing what they have to offer and you know looking at the youtube videos one thing here's what i'll say about carnival too how about this you guys tell me if you agree I truly think they're the friendliest staff. I think that's a premium. Management at Carnival places a premium on making sure they're friendly. And here's a good way you could tell. First of all, aside from your onboard experience, you look at these YouTube videos, and when they, you know, they, they're walking around a Norwegian ship, a guy's holding a camera, a girl's holding a, a woman's holding a camera, and she's walking around, and you just see what's going on, and people just reacting to the camera on a Carnival ship every single time. Except a few rare occasions, you'll pass an employee, one member of the crew, and they'll smile, they'll wave into the camera, they'll do a little skitter a bit, they'll do something, they'll do a cheers if they're a bartender. Uh, you know, they'll always kind of give you something because they know what you're doing. You're on this cruise ship, you're really, really excited to be there. You're so excited to be there that you're actually pulling out a camera. And sharing it with the rest of the world, and they want to be a part of that, and they jump in, and they just or, or they just feel it's their duty to wave and smile and acknowledge. They don't always do that on a lot of the other cruise ships. All right, so also there's a bunch of games, there's a bunch of outdoor activities on deck twelve, right in that whole little area. They have a giant foosball. Uh, they have a ropes course that's kind of basic, but it pretty much uh, is a perimeter around the hole. It's not ne- necessarily this intricate thing with a bunch of different ways you can kind of do challenging activities while you're you know doing your ropes course but it is pretty basic and it goes around the whole kind of like i guess sports area uh there's also uh, a little mini gym out there it's weird because for a second you're looking at this weird little gym it looks like you're in the yard at alcatraz and uh, you know <laughs> it looks like a cute little prison gym it's got a punching bag <laughs> So I don't know. I've never seen a punching bag on a cruise ship, but the Dream Class ship, or at least the uh, Carnival Miracle, has a punching bag, and it just looks like, like I said, just like a little area where you're kind of like out in the yard, and you know, if you want that, you know, prison vibe, you got it right there. There's also a hot hot dog stand, and there's a fully stocked bar in that area as well on deck twelve, and we're we're still in kind of like the sports area, and then there's also a jogging track. And you could also, while you're up on deck 12, you also do get a view 
not the best view, but you do. You're kind of almost looking down on it, but you get a view of the Lido Theater. As we say, as we say, they skip deck 13 for reasons of superstition. So uh, just above 12 is deck 14, and uh, that is all really there is to deck 14 is the second floor of the spot. All right, so now let's go back down couple of steps are you with me are you following along we're going back down to the Lido deck and we're going to kind of run across the Lido deck and give you the ins and outs of what's there uh the Lido deck itself has a great great layout i love carnival's Lido decks for the most part uh there's plenty of space for a ship with that many passengers. This looks like it's not necessarily overly cramped. It's laid out like a traditional Carnival Lido deck in that it doesn't try to get too fancy or cute with putting things in weird places. For example, have you guys seen the Lido deck on the Breakaway class ships? I don't know. To me, it looks like they may have overthought it a little bit. I'm going on the escape, so I'll be able to give you a – and that's a Breakaway Plus. But if you look at that, if you get a bird's eye view of those – I don't know. It, again, I haven't been on either ship, and I'm telling you just the way it looks. And that was just one feather in the cap of why you know I, I was thinking about staying with Vista, but I, eventually there was just too much on the the uh, escape that I wanted to try, so I did switch over. Uh, but the one thing I that I did not love is the layout of the Lido deck for all those people that are about uh, able to be on that ship. It doesn't really seem like it's so conducive for massive amounts of people to be laying in the sun. And again, for me, I'm kind of okay with that because I, you know, with my frog belly bottom skin tone, I'm not necessarily needing to, you know, spend three, four, five hours in the sun. Do not tell Stu. Stu has no idea that this Lido deck is not tailor-made for laying out. But I wouldn't be too worried because Stu is a uh, natural tanner and he will absolutely, I have zero doubt in his ability to find a place to comfortably, you know, front, back, and side tan, which is his passion. Like I said, uh, all right, enough with uh, <laughs> Stu uh, and his tanning. The, the things I don't love is about the Lido deck, and the weird thing is that it's it's got a jumbo screen, and yes, God forbid we have something nowadays without a jumbo screen. Uh, but my, fir- my first two ships that I ever went on were the Miracle and the Norwegian Gem. They didn't have screens on the Lido deck, and I love the energy of the Lido deck because of that. When I saw, when I first got on the Splendor, which, like you guys know, is eventually has become my favorite ship, I was turned off. I didn't love the fact that it did have a screen. I'd come up there after dinner, and you know, it used to be music, dancing, swimming, a little bit of energy, people talking to each other, eating. And on the Splendor, it was just kind of like people Netflixing and chilling out there. And uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say much because fast forward, I'm out there two hours later with my blanket and popcorn watching a back-to-back movie till 1 a.m. So I did love it. Uh, back to what I was saying. The, the pool is between the movie screen and the lounge chair. So if you can stay with me for a second, you have the, the big screen, the jumbo screen up there. Then right under it, at the base of that, you have a pool past the pool you have all the lounge chairs so when they're showing movies at night the dive-in theater and all that stuff uh there's a pool between you and the theater and not that it's in the way but there's a lot of things going on in that pool people are splashing people are jumping up and down people are screaming running around and i don't know is it distracting you from watching the movie it looks like it could be i don't know uh we'll see 
we'll see when when, uh, when I eventually hopefully sail this ship. But anybody who has been on the magic, by the way, Tommy at alwaysbebook.com. If you've been on the magic or any of the dream class ships and you're hearing this and you have something to kind of like uh, chime in on or give feedback on, please do not hesitate to do that. All right, the pool itself, it's kind of small. I'd say that if you're looking for a big time swimming experience on your cruise, uh, the pool space to guest ratio on this ship is not particularly ideal. And if you are cruising when school's out, you can count on the fact that that pool will absolutely turn into kid soup. And uh, it probably, you know, unless you are uh, in a family, you know, if you have a family, you you like it, you, you know, it is what it is. But I don't know. I guess I just really, really feel that there should be options. And I think on this particular ship, the aft pool still is 21 and up because there is a serenity deck but uh i'm not 100 percent sure on that one thing that they have that i do like is sort of a uh a circle shaped gazebo i don't know is a gazebo the right word so on either side of the pool where you would normally maybe see hot tubs those hot tubs are not there and it is pretty much like a, a shaded i don't know shack house gazebo type thing and the water from the pool kind of carries out carries over into that area and there's some like comfortable looking attractive benches where you can kind of just sit on and you're basically you're you're bathing you're in the you're in the pool but your feet are only in the pool and you're kind of sitting there and people are talking having conversations drinking listening to the music enjoying the lido deck and just kind of getting that kind of feeling that you're drinking you're in the sun you're sort of in the pool but not really uh that's definitely an area well because i'm that guy that loves to sit on the uh you know the benches that they have and what do they call that area with a pool where it's just kind of like you the motion of the ship is creating like the water to kind of spray uh, flow back and forth and sometimes your you know legs and your ankles are getting hit with the water but uh you're not technically in the pool you're on the bench around the pool and then if you want to really go in the pool you got to walk further into that you guys all know what i'm talking about i'm sorry uh all right. Another thing that I will say is that this Lido deck seems to kind of rock. Lido decks, aside from being the place where you get the best sun, are supposed to be the daytime center for, I guess in Carnival's case, all things fun. Some of them are better than others, though. Uh, I've been on some, like when I went on the Miracle, it was cool. But a lot of times, you know, while, yes, they didn't have the theater and there was a lot of music going on out there, it just didn't necessarily seem to go to the next level, like where you kind of want it. This one seems to have a lot of energy. There's a great sound system. Every YouTube video that I was watching, every time they were on the Lido deck, I, again, and it's hard to tell while you're watching a YouTube video, but I can tell you that it's it, it, the sound resonated, and it really, really felt like there was a lot of energy. You looked around, again, using the cruise IQ. It just seemed like there was a lot more action, a lot more liveliness and some energy. It was a little bit more dynamic than most other Lido decks that I've seen. And again, it's a newer ship. It's a bigger ship. It's got a lot of space. So I guess that would make sense. Um, even when there wasn't events going on, you know what I mean? It wasn't a you know limbo competition or a wet t-shirt. A- <laughs> <laughs> There's no wet T-shirt contest on regular cruises. I'm sorry. I'm talking about uh, you know, hairy chest competitions or you know the, the what do they do? The, that cocktail mixing competition. Even when they didn't have all that stuff going on, the Lido deck still just had a better feel. It seemed to have a better feel 
of uh, you know having a little bit more energy. Uh, on the opposite end of the jumbo screen and towards the forward part of the ship, you will come across the Red Frog Rumbar. And directly across the way from the Red Frog Rumbar, you will see the Blue Iguana Cantina Bar. Uh, I'm sorry, the Blue Iguana Tequila Bar. While these places have cool names, you guys know what they are. They're pretty much just the 2.0 version of the standard pool bars that you'll find on most carnival ships. Do you think there'll be a 3.0? I mean, it's been 2.0 for a while, right? My Windows Windows came up with uh, upgrades more than this. But do you even think they will do a 3.0? Do you like? Do you think the 40-year-old Carnival Fantasy is going to get, like, I don't know, more Viagra and maybe, like, another hip replacement, and then they'll call it, like, a 3.0? Or can we just please just start <laughs> building more new damn ships? That would be nice, right? All right, so if you head aft on the Lido deck, you'll pass the lounge chairs. Um, you'll head towards the jumbo screen. And then on either side of the jumbo screen, you'll see a Guy's Burger joint on one side and the Blue Iguana Cantina on the other side. And this is where I got to start giving props to Carnival, to be honest with you, as much as they make fun of them. Uh, quite frankly, the best burgers and the best burritos at sea. They both come from those two respective locations. I'll let you guess which comes from which, but, I mean, they're delicious. I don't know what it is about a guy's burger. I don't know what it is about a blue iguana uh, cantina burrito, but, man, maybe it is. Maybe it's psychosomatic because I'm at sea, but they, to me, are delicious. No, it's not because we've all had the regular carnival hamburgers right we will when, when that <clears throat> when it wasn't guys when it was just like the regular hot dog and hamburger stand with the you know m- grandma's potato salad and the giant big fat onion remember those big fat giant onions that would just sit there remember remember how carnival and a lot of the ships probably still like this but it was like just it was just like a like a pool cabana style barbecue setup and then you'd have this fixins bar that would just have these big f- who the hell ate those big giant fat onions that sat there i don't know not me <clears throat> then you have the uh, standard lido deck buffet as you walk inside there are a few cool options in there uh, they have the amazing amazing walk as you know on carnival um, and you know they put that fountain out towards the end of the cruise i don't know is that the last sea day they put that chocolate fountain out there that's always a huge hit I don't know. Not always my thing. After a bunch of drinking, it kind of reminds me of, no, let's not go there. Let's let's just, you know, sometimes I go too far. See what I did, though, guys? You got to be proud of me. I caught myself. I was going to say something gross, disgusting. You guys probably eating on your way to work. You got your breakfast sandwich or your uh, whatever, and I'm about to start. Let's, let's just move, move on. All right. So walk through the Lido uh, restaurant, head outside. You'll come upon my favorite part of the ship, and that is, uh, you know, the aft pool. Uh, it's a great place to be all day long, especially for me just before dinner. It was no different in my uh, research regarding the Carnival Magic. It's got the best view, guys. You sit there and it just starts shutting down and you chill out. It's not crowded. It's got that typical sexy layout with the pool flanked by two hot tubs. It's got that fully stocked covered bar with the shade in there if you want to get out of the sun for a minute. Uh, they got the deli back there. They have the Indian restaurant Tandoor back there. And actually what's also if you, if you come back in a little bit more, they have the uh, Cucina del Capitan pizza. Is kind of right out there too, and I believe that's 24 hours. It always is. Made fresh to order. Sometimes it takes a minute, but it's worth it. Another underrated thing about underrated thing about Carnival is that pizza. Trust me, I'm not saying it's up there with the best I've ever had it uh, ever anywhere. But I see a lot of people shitting on Carnival pizza. They say it's uh, you know whatever. They say it's disgusting. Whatever. If you don't think Carnival has the best pizza at sea, honestly, 
at least of the three mass market cruise lines, then you honestly don't know what pe- you don't know good pizza, and you should probably just. I don't know. Stick to microwaving your Ilios or whatever you do at home. Also, they have the uh, Cucina del Capitan sit-down restaurant version on that floor, which is right there as well. There is a cover charge of $15. I know people don't like the cover charges, but even though it's not Little Italy, uh, $15 a person, in my opinion, for a full menu of decent Italian options is more than fair for me. Uh, and the news gets even better, ladies and gentlemen. For lunch, they do a build-your-own pasta and... Even better, it's completely free from noon to 2.30. So you can go in. You can carb up up there, huh? Free pasta. Free build-your-own pasta from noon to 2.30 uh, every day on the lovely Carnival Magic. All right, let's shoot down to deck three. So we're on the Lido deck. We covered everything that's on the Lido deck. We're going to get in the elevator, and we're going to shoot down to the lobby deck. Uh, the first floor, if we're going to start towards the front, it's the Showtime Theater. And you guys know will know what that that is. That's the first floor of the show, Showtime Theater. Then you're going to get into the lobby, and you'll have the guest services desk. You'll have the shore excursions desk. You'll have, you know, you guys know that area that you're familiar with. They have the magic lobby, bar, and dance floor now. Uh, they finally built this, built this room out to host the events that it has. You guys know about the standard carnival lobby bars where they would try to jam in little mini dance parties, events, talks, whatever. Uh, they finally anticipated the fact that they were, you know, not just going to put this room up and throw a makeshift, makeshift stage up. And, you know, the energy that they've been generating from this room has ultimately, I guess, finally, I don't say finally, the ship is uh, almost 10 years old now, but when they built their ship, and it, believe me, that's so there you go. It's almost 10 years old and it's one of their newer ships. But in a, it, just in summation with this, they finally anticipated the fact that this is going to be an energy spot and they put a dance floor in uh, on, on this area and they also put like an actual stage above the bar kind of like behind the bar almost like if you guys have ever been to a blue martini uh this bartenders are at the base of the stage and the stage is behind the bar there's plenty of bar space like i said an actual dance floor the only problem is reading some reviews and doing some research is that they staff the bar the same the whole way through so if you go there in the middle of the day on debarkation day at a port there'll be two bartenders there and when it's crowded and a party going on and there's you know 80 to 120 people there there's still two bartenders there and they may or may not be the best bartenders on the ship from what i'm also saying i don't know that could have just been like an erroneous indictment because you know they've just been waiting for a drink for a while but the fact that there's two bartenders there and you're trying to get a bunch of people drinks at the same exact time that could be a little bit rough all right so if you continue back you will have the first floor of both of the main dining rooms one is called the northern lights guess what the other one's called you got it the southern lights main dining room just a word on the dining rooms and again just being objective i'll 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 disclaim this by saying again i've never had a bad cruise but in the position i'm in a jerk off with a microphone and you guys want to know some information there's going to be certain things that are better than other things and when i do critique it's i'm critiquing critiquing it's still good it's like pizza even when it's bad it's good even when cruises are bad they're good but i will kind of give you i guess my opinion on what i feel about certain things and in this regard 
it is just the main dining rooms. I feel like in general, cruise line while across cruise lines, I feel like the quality has gone down a little bit. You guys tell me if you guys feel the same that the quality and more importantly the portions and what they make available in the main dining room has slightly gone down gradually over the years. And I, in my own mind, through no research, uh, just have decided that I think it's because of the fact that there's so many more specialty. Uh, restaurants on board and the price per person per day has just been a goal that they're trying to just drive up in general every day like you know well sherry from cruise tips tv today did a live vlog and she was talking about you know ways to save money on board and she was talking about what uh people spend while they're on a ship and honestly to me i go in a little bit we don't necessarily have to talk it depends on how we did at the casino but you know i spend more than i'd like to while i'm on the ship i never ask me if i go on the ship i never plan on spending as much money as i actually end up spending she's the opposite wisely wants to do three four cruises a year so you know just discipline she takes that you know money that she didn't spend and puts it towards another cruise uh which is smart but uh, what was I going with that? Oh, she just says she does. She doesn't. Um, she she is surprised if she's more than a couple of hundred dollars on her sign and sale card by the end, by the end of the cruise. And uh, be honest with you, I'm nowhere near that. She said she spent seven hundred dollars one time. I don't think I ever went below. I, I know I know I never touched seven hundred from a low standpoint. I've I've been way higher than that mostly. But I think. What the cruise lines have been trying to do is find a way to, you know, like a like a good business should, I guess, to get more money per guest per day. You know, separate guests from their money around every corner. And cruising used to be just a very, very simple thing. And once Norwegian started with the freestyle dining, that just opened up a whole new realm. And what they're trying to do is get you to pay for specialty restaurants. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? You know what you know how you know what way you don't do that is by making a really really good experience in the free dining room. So, I think it's only natural that they probably lightened up on the quality, lightened up on everything and like this American table. As I watch videos, read reviews, I like I said, I try not to put too much if I see one person saying it, it's crappy, but if I see multiple people saying it's crappy and you know, clearly they just went extra casual with the American ta- with the American table movement. I don't know. Is it? I, I can't say as a business operator myself if I could find a way to get 2,000 people, uh, if I can give them the same experience for you know maybe not having to change linens on a table or may, maybe not necessarily having to give them unlimited lobster tails. I see it both ways. I see it because I'm a cruiser and I want the you know I, I cruise a lot of a lot of the reasons I cruise is because of the value. And when that starts to go away, I get disenchanted with it. But I also realize that businesses have to make money, and that's what they're in it for. So I guess to this point, I do see it going in a little bit more of a direction where they're becoming very profit conscious. And I think that embodies itself when you're talking about a main dining room, and you know you're getting you know a quesadilla, and it's like the size of your thumb. Same thing with the little spring rolls and this and that. I don't know. It just seems like they're cutting some corners and. I hope it just I just hope it doesn't go too far. That's the main dining room talk. All right, let's move on from that. Let's go up one deck and we're gonna hit the Atlantic deck, which is deck four. That's uh, right over the lobby. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You guys have seen it all. Dime a dozen two. Right over the lobby, you see the photo gallery. You see a smaller bar called the Escape Bar. That's a cool little bar. It's almost like a little hidden gem on the Carnival Magic. Uh 
right across the, from that is a mini, almost like a library. There's some books in there, and there's some games you can borrow. Uh, you can still have a full view of the atrium, as you know, because it's the typical carnival layout where the uh, I'm sorry layout where the view goes straight up all the way up until the the top of the ship. Um, this is all the deck, also the deck where you'll find most of the action for kids. You'll see the Circle C on there, uh, which is a nightclub for kids that are 12 to 14. And then you could step it up when you're 15 to 17 and go to the Club O2. Uh, they have the Camp Carnival over there. It's for small children, which they do a tremendous job on. By the way, we got some emails regarding questions on kids and stuff like that um, and some other stuff. And Oh, regarding the emails that we got, somebody chimed in in an email, and I will read that too when we do the actual podcast, which always comes out every Tuesday. Again, this is the pro, 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 uh, port or ship profile. All right, so you also have the second floor of the Northern Lights and Southern Lights dining rooms on the fourth floor. They can be accessed by either floor. And the second level of the Showtime Theater is also on deck four. And now we're going to get into where the trouble happens. So after dinner, the sun goes down. And there is no deck party. There's pretty much one floor to be on this particular ship, on the Carnival Magic, and that is Deck 5, the promenade deck. And uh, we'll start at the back of the ship and let you know all that there is to offer because, you know, like I said, there's just a wealth of trouble. When I say trouble, good trouble. The fun is to be had on Deck 5. And we'll start at the very, very back of the ship with the Spotlight Lounge. You guys all know this venue on Carnival. It's the typical multi-use venue. It hosts various events like karaoke, art auctions, things like that. But the main purpose of this room and the most popular reason to be in this room is for the Carnival staple, which is the Punchliner Theater. It is definitely the best comedy club at sea for my money. Uh, Just keep in mind that you have to get there early. They do uh, operate blue. And what that means is that it is kind of dirty for the late shows. They do have a clean show early, and they will go above and beyond. So when the comedy club manager, assistant cruise director, whoever's manning the microphone at the time, will tell you if if you're easily offended, if you don't like swear words, you know, this is definitely not the show for you. And, you know, once you hear that, you know if you're easily offended to leave the room. So once they get into it, you know, so like I said, they'll start with a relatively clean show, and then they'll get into a little bit of the dirty stuff later on. There are two adult shows that go on late night but unfortunately the problem is you can't stay for both of them you can watch both of them but you're gonna they're gonna make you walk out after the first show you'll have to rotate around and go right back in towards the entrance very very annoying but i guess it makes sense as far as making sure everybody does get to see at least one of the show they do a great job of rotating the comedians you know on the way there you they'll have a couple of different comedians and then on the way they'll probably drop them off in a port somewhere and then they'll work somewhere else and then another a batch of comedians that'll be coming in that are hanging out that just came off of another ship will come back on the ship for the ride back um heading back uh you know, leaving the Spotlight Lounge and heading forward. The Spotlight Lounge is all the way aft. So if you're heading forward, you'll come across the Prime Steakhouse. And speaking of things that Carnival is the best at sea on, it's also steak. In my opinion, I mean, living in New York City, I've had some of the best steaks around. And in my humble opinion also, Carnival takes the crown in terms of steak at sea. On the Magic, it's called the Prime Steakhouse. There is a cover charge of $30, and that, to me, honestly, that's the best deal on the whole damn ship. Uh, it seems to be creeping up a little bit every year. I don't know if it's even still 30 Maybe it's up to 35 now, but 
Either way, it's still well worth it. Again, they don't necessarily – it's not like a situation where you could sit down and just go, I'll take five porterhouses, three filet mignons, two New York strips, and a ribeye. You can't do that. You can order a couple of different appetizers, no problem. Uh, As far as the main dish, you can order one. They do have an upcharge from that if you want to do surf and turf, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But, again, still well worth it. Uh, Across the way from the steakhouse on the other side is what is called the Play It Again Piano Bar. This is absolutely one of my favorite places to be on the ship, uh, again, after dinner, and probably the single best place on the ship to meet pockets. Uh, We had a thing. (laughs) My buddy Nick, when we cruised, uh, the first time ever on the Splendor, the first sea day we had, the first full sea day we had happened to be a Monday. And Nick likes the booze. Nick likes to go in. Uh, well, back then he did. Now he's a little bit more settled down. Good for him. All my rowdy friends have settled down. It's a familiar story. But back then, it was hard for me to keep up with Nick, to be honest with you. And uh, he just, we just started drinking on the Lido deck. And we were kind of still a little bit new to cruising a little bit. And, you know, he just said, oh, I'm going to start drinking. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to wait till the night to drink. And it became very, very clear to me within four or five drinks of Nick that I was going to have to start drinking myself because to be able to handle the level he was getting to. And uh, he, he started this thing called Green Cup Monday. And that's pretty much all he did. We had liquor that we had brought on the ship uh, because of someone that we knew who actually just called me a little while ago. Mike, the Swingers Cruise guys, know the, knows the guy in the port. And they just let us on the ship with the booze in our carry-on bag, and there wasn't a problem. Just had to throw them a couple of dollars, and uh, nobody knows nothing. So we uh, we get on the ship, and we have access to this because it's in our room. So there was no drink package on the first time we did it. I think this is even before drink packages were that common. So we have the uh, – <laughs> he was just walking around with his green cup, and his little green, I guess – plastic cup the hard plastic cup that you fill up in the lido deck with whatever you're getting you know the free complimentary options which are the you know the orange juices or the water and this and that so he just was like running around the ship drunk being the pied piper and taking everybody's drink that they were drinking in a fun way of course but saying it's green cup monday did you not know that it was green cup monday and he's walking around with it he just got he got a hold of a bunch of the green cups and he's taking – that was his like icebreaker line. He was just having people uh, you know, put their – whatever they were drinking, put it in the green cup because clearly it's Green Cup Monday. Well, Green Cup Monday crept all the way down to the piano bar after dinner. And it was just this one piano guy and he was – his name was Jarrett. Uh, yeah, I think it was – yeah, Jarrett. He was a good-looking guy and just a superstar on the piano. And the beauty of it is all the girls would love to go and just sit around the piano and watch Jared play. He would sing these nice romantic songs. It was beautiful. And they would just kind of sit there googly-eyed. But Jared's busy. Jared's playing the piano. Who's not busy? Me and Nick on Green Cup Monday. <laughs> so it was like almost like a fly trap. These girls would just kind of sit there and sing along. And we would sing along. And that particular Monday was a little tough because, you know, I – played a little catch up and I started getting involved with Green Cup Monday and I started having some drinks but Nick was just totally completely hammered and these girls were kind of enamored by the piano guy and I'm kind of like playing into that a little bit and I'm like so in the middle of because you know how the piano bars work they like take requests you know, you just, yeah, shout, shout out requests and they give you a list and the girls are singing along and this and that and then he's like there was a little bit of a lull in the request and there was a couple of pockets like three or four separate pockets of girls like sitting around the piano bar 
and everything kind of slowed down for a second, but everybody was having fun. And the piano guy, Jared, was just like, what else? Is everybody want to hear? Nobody's requesting. I was like, hey, Jared, I bet these beautiful girls would love to hear an original song from you. And he got all like embarrassed. He's like, "Are you serious? Oh, you would, you guys would let me, you guys would let me play an original song." And then I was like, "Girls, do you want to hear an original?" And of course, the girls like, "Yeah, we want to hear." It. So they all get all pumped up, and they're all like, "Yeah, play an original song. We want to hear." So Nick, it doesn't even know what's going on. Nick is like on his last probably couple hours of the night, and it's hysterical because Nick doesn't even know that that whole thing happened. Where Jared is getting all like kind of like pumped up. I'm sure people don't ask. People want to hear Wagon Wheel. People want to hear Sweet Caroline and Billy Joel and all these diamond dozen piano songs that you can sing along to. So to get things going, I'm just like, yeah. So play an original song. So he, all right, I'll play this one. And he he says what it's called. I clearly forgot what the name of it was, but it's a ballad. It's like this low key emote. There's no singing to it. It's like it's like so now the girls are like looking at him and Jared's playing and pouring his heart into this song that he wrote, playing it for everybody. The girls are digging it because you know they're like, oh, this is him. This is he wrote this. You know, and I'm like digging it too because it's actually a good song. So I'm into it. Nick finally comes back into 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 kind of like he comes to a little bit because he's kind of like zoning in and out has no idea what's going on that this guy's playing in an emotional kind of like love ballad that he wrote from the heart and everybody's kind of vibing on feeling it he wakes up and just all he sees is that everything kind of slowed down so nick just screams out michelle bridge play michelle bridge everybody looks up he looks at the guy looks at him he, he looks he's like you won't do it. He's screaming at the guy. You won't do it, Michelle Britton. And it was just the most awkward, awkward situation. Everybody started laughing. For some reason, we just got the right crowd. I'm sure most people would have been totally annoyed by it and turned off with it. But everybody knew Nick's situation, that he was just the fun, jolly, drunk guy at the bar and really didn't know what was going on. So everybody kind of knew the situation. And everybody just got a really huge laugh out of the awkwardness of the situation. And it was great, great continual icebreaker. The piano guy started laughing. He's like, I think that was a sign. Maybe I should just stick to the, you know. But I was like, no, man, that was really good. And it was really good. And the girls, you know, clapped and this and that. And then he, he's uh, back. To, we're all back to singing songs two seconds later. And at the top of our lungs, we're all singing songs together. And, uh, you know, ended up being a fun night. We uh, made a, made some friends that night, you know. We, it, was, it was a good time. So that was that. And that was in the, uh, like I said, that was in, you know, the beautiful uh, Play It Again piano bar that I highly recommend. You know, it's not always like that. You don't always get the Jared, I'll tell you that, because we've been looking for the Jared ever since. Well, next time we, we go back on the cruise and we're like, oh, piano bar, you know, the, the, the female fly trap. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't quite the same thing. There was like this 65-year-old guy who was kind of like a, you know, retired jazz lounge guy who was singing low-key Bruce Springsteen and like, you know, ballads like, you know, bo- like all the hardcore fast Bruce Springsteen songs that were, you know, he would sing this slow, you know, jazz lounge remix version of it. And it was popular, but it was more like an older crowd this time. And it wasn't really the same. You guys ever noticed that? You try to repeat stuff. It's never quite the same the second time as you guys probably have experienced. The sequel is never good as the original. But it is what it was. And the state of the, I'm sorry, not the steakhouse. The Play It Again piano bar is still one of our favorite places to go, despite the fact that it did not match and live up to the uh, Green Cup Monday version. <laughs> but it was a fun time. All right, just beyond the steakhouse and the piano bar, you will continue forward until you come upon the long promenade hallway. Uh, and that's just to the right. And just to the left of that, You'll see the Vibe Nightclub. Uh, the Vibe Nightclub is pretty much the place to be after 11 p.m. Uh, if you're still operating on most of your cylinders and, uh, you know, 
you, I got to give a nod to Carnival in terms of their nightlife and DJs as well. Because if you're still going strong, this is definitely the place to be. They aren't called the fun ship just for just the family aspect of it too. It's a very, very kind of like let your hair down, let loose type of ship. And all Carnival ships across the board, one of the things we love most about them and Norwegian, they do a great job with that. There's uh, tons of pockets at the bar and on the dance floor in the Vibe nightclub all night long. The place looks like it really does go off. It's laid out a little differently than many of the nightclubs at sea. Uh, and it doesn't seem to really have that traditional lounge over here, bar over here, and dance floor, dance floor over here. It's almost like it's all combined into one area uh, from the pictures and videos I've seen. And to be honest with you, it kind of seems like it, it works. You know, that's a little bit more of the old school feel where it's like, okay, here's the dance floor. Let's take put the drinks down and hit the dance floor. All right, now let's go back to the bar. All right, well, we're having a good time. Want to go over to a lounge? No, it's not like that. It's like... It's almost like more of like a modern day happy hour thing where it's cool and it's kind of nightclub-y all around. But if you want to dance, dance wherever the hell you're standing. Uh, all right, so that's the Vibe nightclub. Looks like a cool nightclub. I still don't think it looks as cool <clears throat> as how the Splendor is laid out because I just think the Splendor nightclub makes sense. But continuing on, one of the coolest looking places on this entire ship is the red frog rum bar and brewery i've been to a few red frogs but none seem as cool as this one it actually looks like there's an outside seating but you're inside this this the uh, ship if that makes sense like towards the inside part of it like before you actually walk into the bar itself there is a sort of like a mock kind of like patio area again like it's still inside that almost like mimics it as outside seating while you're inside if that makes any sense whatsoever i'm hoping that it does but it also has a real outside seating area where you have access to what is almost like looking like the waterfront or the boardwalk they have the uh, cornhole game out there so they're clearly trying to make it as much of a land-based bar experience as they possibly can you walk in, has tons of room, has live entertainment. It almost feels like a, a legit, like Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville at sea, which well, we know there is a Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville at sea, but this is kind of like their answer to that. They have a bar food menu and all items, weirdly enough, it's a la carte and all the items are or were at this, you know, when I when I was looking it up in the research that I saw were $3.33. How's that for some superstition? Who knows? All right. Moving past the Red Frog, Red Frog, Red Frog, Red Frog Run bar uh down the mini promenade you pass the taste bar then you pass their coffee and dessert shop that's known as the plaza cafe on this particular ship uh full menu of hot and cold caffeinated drinks as well as a bunch of sweets and desserts and stuff like that you guys know that area as well you've seen that before uh, none of which are included in the price of your cruise and can uh, eventually add up as you purchase them but I do think the caffeinated they seem to always go back and forth on so much stuff and which is why a lot of the information that you're going to get is sometimes a little incorrect and I urge you to do your due diligence in looking up the details of this stuff because it seems like they just change this stuff so much they used to not include the cafe caffeinated drinks in the drink package now they do uh, then you have the alchemy bar which is a small venue of bartenders trained to basically be able to make you a list of craft cocktails the bartenders wear kind of like doctor's outfits because i guess in some weird kind of kitschy thing they're like alchemy they're just these cocktails are supposed to remedy a lot of some of your ailments and it's almost like a doctor giving you a drunken drink a drunken piece of medicine that you're gonna drink and all of a sudden you're gonna feel better which actually works a lot of times but <laughs> i don't know i'm not a craft cocktail guy we've talked about this before it's just you're standing there there's a line oh i want to try the blueberry twisted you know mint leaf 
briefed muddled up version of whatever i'm not you know i'd rather just get the freaking drink and move on i don't if it, the rule of thumb if the drink takes longer the, to make than it does for you to drink it it's not necessarily for me uh there's also like a mini sort of random stage across from the casino, which I guess also makes sense. Talking about in the same vein of the lobby bar, you'd always see on Carnival ships, there'd be this inordinate amount of – does that even word even make sense? Just inordinate? I don't know if that word even fits there. But there'd be a weird, curious amount of noise coming from the casino, and for some reason, they would randomly place karaoke there or a band there. Just randomly in the middle of the hallway that's right next to the casino – I don't know. I guess they've just done research and they found that that's a good spot to throw down some live music or some karaoke or whatever it is. Uh, but it seems like they realized that after how many ships of just planting it there randomly, they decided to put a stage there. Uh, and I guess that makes sense. And it seems to be a popular area as well. And uh, people really, really enjoy it. They put the live bands up there. And like I said, karaoke. A truly awesome thing about the Dream class of ships, and in particular the Carnival Magic, is that there is like that waterfront boardwalk outside thing on Deck 5. I don't remember a Carnival ship prior where there was any reason to wear your bathing suit below the Lido deck or pretty much be outside. Yeah, they always had the promenade deck where you can go outside you know, after dinner and kind of have access to like the lower portion, but... For this, for the first time that I've seen on a carnival ship, there is actually a full circumferencing promenade that is actually, there's a reason to be out there. There's some bars out there. Uh, there's uh, opening to the great outdoors. There's actually, they put hot tubs that hang off the side of the ship on deck five, which is crazy. I've never heard of that on a carnival ship whatsoever. Royal Caribbean does it on the Lido deck area. Um uh, uh, but you know you're not going to knock them for copying you know because it's like off the side of the ship and that was like royal caribbean's thing but what are you going to do there's no more there's very very few i guess you shouldn't say very very few but so many of the things it's a copycat league nowadays people are doing what other people do whether it's a white party whether it's the quest whatever it is so you know it's a free-for-all right now you can't knock people for copying or borrowing let's use a nicer word Things that they have seen that have been successful on another cruise line. There, like we said before, there is a guy's pig and anchor outside on the promenade as well. It is included in the price of the cruise. That is out of control. Now, they combat that by limiting it only to sea days and for lunch. So you can't go and get, you know, because barbecues, I mean, that's out of control. If you guys are familiar, familiar with real good barbecue, uh, a lot of you people from the south or Wherever. New York City growing up, it's starting to get big now, but New York City, it wasn't a huge, slow-cooked, smoked barbecue hotbed. Like I said, it is it is becoming that way now. So I'm not sure which regions of the country really like barbecue, but man, that's one type of food you cannot fake. You're going to need several hours to smoke it, to break down the uh, you know the, the membrane and the food and make it so that it's just this succulent piece of meat. You know, the, all the juices are the, from the rub and from its natural juices are just kind of like you know from the sweet and the savory you get both of it and it's just a delicious type of food which they offer for free guys guys guy fietti his pig and anchor barbecue spot is absolutely free you know for now enjoy it enjoy it while it lasts because i don't know if that's always going to be the case but there's a rather large seating area out there, I guess, for the pig and anchor, uh, for desserts, uh, coffee and stuff like that. It's just, I guess it's, I'm assuming that it's just like, you know, it's on deck five, it's towards the middle part of the ship and it just, 
it's 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 different. It's just like you've never seen that on a carnival ship where on deck five there's like a waterfront and then there's like a big huge seating area that's half inside, half outside. Again, cool because anything on cruise ships to me, the more they're going to be able to connect you with the sea, the better for me. Uh, you have the internet cafe there as well, and then that leads you right into ding 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 ding, ding, ding the casino. Remember. Play two hands always. You play two hands. One is because one is conservative and the other one you play aggressively. You play one by the book and one with your hunch. Me, I always split the twos. Pretty much always split the twos unless they have a really crappy hand showing. Um, I always split eights and usually nines as well. Uh, I don't know say that that's just for me. That's what works for me. Well, it works or doesn't work. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And I'm a stay and pray guy. You know, when most people are saying, okay, I'm at the 17. The deal is showing a 10. You know what? What's the chances I'm getting a freaking four? You know what I mean? I'm not probably not getting a four or a three. The chances are if I pull another card, I'm probably going to bust. You know what? I just usually stay and pray that that dealer follows that uh, that 10 up with something like a 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5. Then he has to hit again, and then he busts. Nothing like being at the table and hearing the dealer yell, putting that other card over and just yelling, too many, and then you win. So, I don't know. I just figured I'd throw a little casino advice in there too. Always play heavy on the first day. If you're going to play heavy or you're going to play, play aggressive on the first day because what that does is that set the precedence. Oh, this guy's a player. He plays. This girl's a player. She plays. And, uh, you know, they'll send up, you know, the little free drink thing for you. Uh, and, you know, they'll, they'll, They'll want to get you in the casino. If they think you're going to go in a five, $600 swing on the first day, they're like, oh, okay, so this guy plays. This girl plays. So let's make sure we keep having her come back to the casino. And you can make the decision whether or not you want to go back to the casino or not. But you'll probably get some perks as a result of them wanting to have you back in the casino. The atrium on the deck three is uh, hollowed out as well. It's all the way up to, like you know, like you said, data to the top of the ship. You can overlook what's going on down there in the lobby deck. You also find your fun ship, uh, fun shops on deck five. You'll see this cherry on top, which is relatively new. That's a candy shop, an ice cream parlor that Carnival does. Um, you know, finally, all the way forward, you'll find in its usual spot on Carnival ships the top floor of the Showtime Theater. And that's pretty much everything that there is to see on the Magic. The Magic is currently in Port Canaveral. It is going to relocate down to uh, down the road to Miami like we talked about before. Uh, I think early October of 2018. And there's some incredible deals you can get for Eastern, Western, and Southern Caribbean itineraries. They're starting at under $500 a person. And you guys know how that works. It's per person. Then they hit you with the port fee so it technically probably gets you up closer to, you know, Six, six fifty, seven hundred bucks, and you know, who knows what it is, but it, it, it all varies. But the initial prices for these cruises do start under five hundred bucks, and that's a ridiculously good deal for one of Carnival's best ships. I can, I kind of equate the Carnival Dream Class to like the Royal Caribbean. What is it? The uh, the Liberty Class? You know what I mean? It's not quite mega ship, but it is big. It is some of the most state of the art stuff at sea from when it was built. And honestly, it's a great time. Hopefully, there's a lot of new, newer and cooler things coming from Carnival. And hopefully, there's a lot of newer and cooler things coming from the Always Be Booked podcast and the Always Be Booked web, web website that actually is up. I don't necessarily say that you should go there right now. If you're curious and you want to check it out, alwaysbebooked.com. It is up. You can see the crap that I'm putting up there right now. I'm still kind of talking back and forth with the host agency 
to try to you know streamline it and make it as user friendly as possible so all that stuff is in the works and uh, again this was a ship profile ladies and gentlemen it wasn't necessarily chock full of a whole bunch of wacky you know information that comes you know there was no cruise news there was no emails and there was no topic of the week because uh, what i want like i've said before is i want to build a catalog of these a lot of you may find these interesting a lot of you may be listeners and just skip the the profiles, you know what I mean? You may not be interested in what's going on in Aruba or you may not care about what's going on on the uh, Navigator of the Seas if I profile that ship or whatever. And you know what? You'll go back and look at that if you end up finding yourself booked on one of those or if you're on a cruise where you find yourself going to one of those islands, then you go back and you check the backlog episodes and you look at it or listen to it then. Some of you just can't get enough cruise talk like myself and will listen to every episode as they came out. But like I said, we will have a regular episode on Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat is from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean. But you got to get away to where the boat is from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves. Jimmy, 